This is episode 560 with Jake Kelfa. Here's the second part of that. Every single athlete has a different reason for why they play the game and what they hope to achieve. So some athletes, and I'll use basketball, some athletes will leave after their freshman or sophomore year, even though if they stayed two more years, they'd get a college degree, Mm. they'd get probably a bigger paycheck because they'd get drafted higher, but they leave because they got to go take care of their their parents and they need to go get, you know, a G League spot or two-way spot. So when it comes down to this identity and having this vision, it's really important for an athlete to understand that that you are going through life just as everyone else is. Mm -hmm. And your dream is to pursue that and go after it as hard as you possibly can. But it's also your duty to enjoy the process of getting to that nation of wherever it is that it leads to. Welcome to Athlete Maestro, a podcast tailored for athlete development, improvement, and peak performance. And now, here's your host, One of the things I'm, I'm, I'm most passionate about and one of the things that I'm most happy about in life in general is people who have no reason to give back and still decide to give back anyway. That's why I'm super happy for this episode, guys, with Jake Kelfer. You see, one of the things you know that fascinates me the most is that Jake wanted to become a professional athlete. So he wanted to play basketball, but you know, at some point he realized that it wasn't going to happen. And what he then did was to turn around and to find a way to make the dreams of other aspiring basketball players become a reality. And of course, that's when he founded Professional Basketball Combines. You know, so this episode, guys, it, it reaches deep. Trust me, man. It reaches deep for me because it's it's more or less like we are on opposite sides of the world, but we have the same ideologies. We think in the same way because that's why i started this podcast that hey look yes i got injured couldn't play professional sports but how can i ensure that the athletes that are behind me do not make the mistakes that i made and of course they get to the promised land so to speak which is achieve their sports goal same thing with jake couldn't make it to the nba couldn't make it in basketball but guess what he has dedicated himself to ensuring and helping other basketball players get to that promised land of playing professional basketball either in the nba or in europe so same ideology and guess what tripped me again in this episode was that i got to learn you know and i told jake as well on the episode that hey man like literally i'm learning stuff like i would never have thought about some of those things so if you're an athlete and you've been looking for ways to to stand out you know basically to get your big break to to separate yourself from the rest because whether you like it or not it's a clustered space so if you're looking for ways to separate yourself then trust me this episode is for you so jake is a motivational speaker but he's also an accomplished author and of course we talk about his books in this episode as well and of course he's the founder of professional basketball combines the pbc where they give nba players or well i shouldn't say nba players aspiring nba players the opportunity a second opportunity to showcase their talent so if you weren't able to make it in the nba draft proper you kind of get a second bite at the cherry 
with the platform that Jake has offers. And of course, Jake uh, worked in the Laker organization as well before diving and doing and everything that he has gone on to do. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the episode. You know, trust me. You know, I don't come here and tell you I enjoyed an episode when I didn't enjoy it. But trust me, this one I did. And more importantly, because I learned from the episode as well. So I am I'm super sure that you are going to benefit a lot. But especially the athletes who always send me messages you know you're looking for connections and things like that this is what jake specializes in and of course you see it in his book as well elevate beyond elevate your network you know and those things this episode guys is brought to you by my athlete maestro daily planner so if you're looking for a way to maximize your day because you have to yes you're looking for a way to stand out yes you're looking for a way to separate yourself from the rest but guess what you have to be taking advantage of your day. And that's what the Athlete Maestro Daily Planner will help you do. AthleteMaestro.com forward slash daily planner. AthleteMaestro.com forward slash daily planner. Now, of course, I don't know uh, what the NBA situation is like when you're listening to this. But, of course, I do ask Jake, who is a Laker fan, if LeBron and AD are going to bring the title home. So, when you get your hands on that Daily Planner, Come, enjoy this episode with my friend, Jake Kelfer. Welcome everyone back to the Athlete Maestro podcast. And I have Jake Kelfer in the house. Uh, I was telling him off air that is is somewhat of a legend in certain parts. And you guys are going to find out exactly just why I said that. Thank you for joining me, Jake. Man, I, I'm stoked to be here. I know our pre-conversation was great, so... This is going to be awesome, and I'm excited to, to get to know your listeners as well. Yeah, one of the things that I love to do is I, I almost like to like dive straight in so that I can maximize the time. So I think that's what I'm going to do. So you you started Professional Basketball Combine. So, of course, Jake is a motivational speaker, you know, and he also has history with sports. And, of course, the PBC is, is one of those huge, huge things. What was your motivation behind starting that? Because I kind of feel like we have similar journeys. In the sense that I wanted to play professional sports. Unfortunately, I got injured. I saw that there was a lacuna for athletes in terms of properly equipping them with the things that they should know. Everyone just assumes that I want to, play, I want to be a professional athlete is going to happen. There are so many things involved. And you as well, you saw that in the NBA. And you were like, how can we take advantage? What was your motivation behind starting that? So... It, look, let me let me give you a little backstory here, and then I'll get you to how it came to be. But growing up, basketball was like my best friend. It, yeah. was, it was I loved the game, right? And it's funny because when I first played, when I was five years old, I hated it. I sucked, <laughs> I was like awful. But then I had like a moment. My dad was like, "Just run around there like Tasmanian Devil and just go mm. grab the ball when the other team has it and go put it into your hoop." That was it. Immediately, the next game, I went from the worst player to the best player. Now, you're five years old. It doesn't matter. Why is this relevant? How does this get this to the point where we're going to get to? Is because throughout my life, basketball has always played a big part of my journey. I've learned a lot through basketball. I've learned mm. a lot of lessons. I've seen what makes people successful because of the lessons you can learn in sports. So as I got older, played high school basketball and was like, mm. okay, what's next? Like the dream was the NBA, right? To be a pro basketball player. But I got to a point where I realized that going to pursue my academics as a 5'8 Jewish guy mm. was going to be a little bit smarter than trying to go the smaller D3 route, D2 route, and then mm. trying to get back to the league. So I was like, you know what? Let me pursue my academics, and I'll find a way to get back into sports, thinking mm. that it would be from the avenue of a sports agent. Cool. Okay? 
So I'm college, I'm doing everything that I can, networking, trying to learn everything I can about the agency business. But when I graduate, the agency that, I'm a, that I was going to work for, they mm. went on a hiring freeze. They couldn't bring me on the team. Wow. Now, this whole journey, the whole idea was like, okay, I want to be a player. If I can't be a player, I'll be an agent. It's the mm. closest thing to the player. I can still get on the court. Mm-hmm. And what I realized about a year and a half later, I worked for the Lakers. I came back. You know, I started doing all these things. And we'll dive into all this great stuff. Yeah. But when the combine started, when, when we had this idea, it was the simple truth of we wanted to get players who were not getting the exposure they needed or we wanted to give them an extra platform to boost their draft stock, to mm-hmm. boost their credibility. And that's what we created the combine to do. So every year we bring in 24 guys that are right on the fringe of the NBA or the best players in the world. We put them in a, in a single location and we, and we have them go at it and compete. Mm. And it's incredible because now we've had 70 guys sign contracts all across the world in 31 countries um, since we started the event. Wow. The reason I'm thinking about this is you don't see many people who had a love for sports, couldn't properly take advantage of it, trying to come back to make sports better. You would assume that the people that would do things like this are people who have had long, successful careers. You know, so they are then thinking, what else am I going to do now that I'm done with sports? Okay, let me see how I can make things better. You don't ordinarily see it with people who, for whatever reason, were not able to be professionals. And I think that's, that's kind of like what, what, what drives me in terms of, you know, when you sent me the email and I was like, wow, like I super love this. We're on opposite sides of the world, but it's almost like we have the same vision. Now, you talked about, you know, you being a Lakers fan. And of course, you got the opportunity as well to, uh, to work in the Lakers organization. We're going to come back to PBC. What was that experience like, most especially with, you know, Kobe and everything that happened with Lakers? So that was, that was like my first experience of seeing uh, almost like a dream come to fruition in a way, right? Mm. <laughs> because, because I grew up wanting to play for the Lakers. I'm from mm. Los Angeles. I grew up spending more time with Kobe Bryant on, on my TV screen mm. than probably anybody else outside of my family. <laughs> so to be able to work for the team during his last season was mm. really remarkable. And my job, when I worked, it was, my, it was my first job out of college, I was a corporate partnerships assistant. Mm. So everything that I did was focused around helping execute all of the brand agreements. And my favorite part of the job was picking all the contestants for all the contests, the half court shot, oh. three point shootout, the free throw, right? The, the skills challenges. Yeah. So I got to pick all those things. And it was a really cool experience um, to be part of that organization because even though I wasn't playing on the Lakers, Mm -hmm. even though I wasn't representing someone on the Lakers, Mm -hmm. I was still on the court every single game. I was still behind the bench when when Kobe was in his final game. I was in the tunnel, like watching him score 60 against the Jazz. So for me, it was one of those moments that was like, this is epic. And part of the reason I took the job was because in life, there's so many things we want to do, right? Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. so many things we can do. There's so many things that we have aspirations to do. But for me, I said, Maybe there's a job that will pay me more. Maybe there's a, an avenue that's better suited for me. But I was like, hold on. I have a chance to work for the Lakers for a season. <laughs> of course, I'm going to take that opportunity, right? Because if we can't have fun mm-hmm. and do the things that make us happy along the journey, then what the heck is the point of being a fan of sports in the first place or yeah. wanting to work in the game or wanting to change the world? Yeah. You've got to have fun. And that now is a great memory. And I have story after story. And it's like, I did that because I wanted to do something greater. So that was really uh, an unbelievable experience for me. Uh, you, you're like a perfect mentor to a lot of young athletes. And why do I say that? 
You see athletes who say things like, if I cannot have the ultimate dream of playing professionally, you know, then there's, there's like nothing left for me. You know, so there's nothing left to do. You know, it was always to, so for example, for you now, it was always to play for the Lakers. So I'm going to stay as far away as I can from basketball because I couldn't make that happen. What do you say to the athletes who have that type of mentality when, of course, there are so many other things that you can do in sports? You just mentioned now being a sports agent, mentioned working with the Lakers, arranging certain things, being in and around the facility, being in and around the players. What do you say to athletes who have that type of mentality that, hey, it's more or less like tunnel vision. If I don't get that, then, of course, I don't want to do anything else. Well, first of all, I mean, there's, there's tons of jobs in sports, right? Mm. There's a much bigger variety of ways to work in sports than most people even understand. And we can talk about how that, how that plays a role. But what I'd say to the athlete who we're talking about, who has this huge vision of being the pro athlete, mm. and then something happens, right? You know, we talk about you're like having an injury, right? You have something else that happens, things that are sometimes out of our control. Mm. And other times, it's just that we're just not good enough. Yeah. And that's a hard pill to swallow, but sometimes that's the truth. Look, at the end of the day, like, you may not be good enough to get to where you need to be, no matter how good your mom or your dad tells you, yeah. you know, you're still, you know. And, you know, we talk about athletes at the elite level, right? But, but here's, here's the thing I would tell them is, is sometimes it's okay to take a step, from, take a step away from the game. Mm-hmm. Because as an athlete, your identity often revolves around your ability to succeed playing mm-hmm. that sport. Mm-hmm. And that can, that can add so much pressure to you and can take the fun away from why you started playing the game in the first place. True. Here's the second part of that. Every single athlete has a different reason for why they play the game and what they hope to achieve. So some athletes, and I'll use basketball, some athletes will leave after their freshman or sophomore year, even though if they stayed two more years, they'd get a college degree, mm. they'd get probably a bigger paycheck because they'd get drafted higher but they leave because they got to go take care of their, of their parents and they need to go get, you know, a G league spot or two way spot. So when it comes down to this identity and having this vision, it's really important for an athlete to understand that, that you are going through life just as everyone else is. Mm -hmm. And your dream is to pursue that and go after it as hard as you possibly can. But it's also your duty to enjoy the process of getting to that nation of wherever it is that it leads. And sometimes it does hurt and you need to take a step back but if you love the game and you want to get back into it there's always ways to do that even if you're not a player player development coaching staff Mm -hmm. video operations photography even working on the opposite side of it right on the business side you have ticket sales you have Mm -hmm. partnerships you have service take it one step further right you got nike adidas you got the clothing companies you got different brands like the mm-hmm. car dealerships who have partnerships with all the sports teams. You have sports mm-hmm. law. You have, you know, you have all these different avenues and ways to get back into the game and, and to find enjoyment in the career that comes after sports. I love something you mentioned there. You, you talked about enjoying the process. And I feel like there's so many athletes who they are, they are only looking at the end. And one of the things that they don't realize is that more often than not, even for some of these elite guys, when they get to that end, when they get to that objective, quote and unquote, you know, they almost look back and be like, like, I did not really enjoy it. You know, I always had my eye on this thing. So for those athletes who, yes, they've heard that point that, you know, there, there, there's so many things they should do. They should identify why they're on this process and why they're on this journey and why they're doing this. But if you were going to advise them to enjoy the process, what would that entail? So 
there's there's a lot of things here. <laughs> I'll break this down for you. Here's here's a big thing also to note though is I don't ever want to tell somebody that's very some people will take this and interpret this as enjoy the journey and it doesn't really matter where you end up or it doesn't matter if you hit your goal. Let me let me make sure it's very, very clear. I'm talking about the highest performers in the world going after the greatest ambitions that anybody can have. Whether that's in sports or in business or in life. Like I have the greatest ambition ever. But I also am going to enjoy the journey in the pursuit of that greatness. Because here's why, and then I'll explain how. Why is because if you only pursue that for whatever the reasons, for a means to an end, and you get there, there won't be anything after that. True. And you'll look back 30 years and be like, okay, I got there next, I went here, and then I went there, right? <laughs> and there's nothing, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with going after this. You've got to go after it if you want to win in the game of life. But you have to enjoy the process. And the mm. process can be enjoyed by spending a couple minutes every day expressing your gratitude. If you play basketball, it's expressing your gratitude that you have two arms and two legs to compete, that your body is healthy, that you have teammates yeah. who believe in you. Okay, that's one thing. The second thing that you got to do is in the journey is you got to savor the crap out of your experiences. Mm. When you mm. hit that game winner, don't just think about right after that, you got to move on to the championship game. No, yeah. no, hit the game winner. And go crazy. Yeah, and I do that responsibly, it. of course. But, but celebrate it. Remember that. Enjoy that. Because game winners don't come around every day. And so when you hit one, live that shit up, right? Mm. And then on the same on the same form, though, as you savor it, is to create the memory as you're living. Oh, nice. Em emblazon everything that you're doing on the court, on the field, in your sports with your teammates – those are the memories that you're going to reflect on years later. And the more memories you have, the more you're going to be able to enjoy and pick yourself up when you do go down to the dumps. And those are all ways that you can enjoy the process, right? And if you mess up, who cares? Mm -hmm. Who cares? As an athlete, if you mess up, that's part of the game, right? An NBA team that goes to the playoffs, 60 wins gets you the number one seed most yeah. years. Yeah. If you're in baseball and you hit 300 plus, you are a freaking superstar and you're still getting out more times than not. True. You shoot 45% from three. You are a great three-point shooter. True. It's True. all about putting things in the right perspective, having the right frame of mind and continuously pursuing something that fulfills you. Uh, you mentioned something quickly. The Lakers, obviously top seed in the West. What's your, what's your, what's your prediction? What's going down? I'll be hanging. I'll be holding up the championship for a couple of months. That's my prediction. Come on, baby. So LeBron and AD, they are going to do it, right? Yeah, I mean LeBron's LeBron. <laughs> I just remember that. Look, look. So, so here's the interesting thing. Though I was talking about this, and, and at the time of this recording, it's game one, right? Yeah. So literally yeah. after, like, I'm, I'm getting my Lakers jersey on, like it's it's big time, and. And they got, the Lakers, though, will have one of the hardest, in my opinion, one of the hardest paths to winning a championship, especially on a short season and a weird season. Mm. But they're going to have to go to the Blazers, potentially the Rockets and the Clippers, just to make it to the championship. Yeah. That might be harder than anything we've seen. Um, not going to make excuses, <laughs> but that's going to make this series a lot more fun and interesting. So, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm pumped. But Lakers, yeah, Lakers all the way, no doubt.
What, what I'm excited to see is, is just that greatness come out because, you know, there's this buildup with LeBron and AD that has been going on for a while. Obviously, COVID kind of like stopped that a little bit, but it seems like that momentum kind of didn't get back on because in the bubble, they, were, they struggled a little bit. You know, they were in like premium Lakers the way they should have been. So I think that's what, that's what I'm excited. I, I just said I had to ask you that one just to, be, just to be sure where your allegiances lie and, you know, how you're approaching, how you're approaching the playoffs. Uh, but that's fantastic. Now, let's go, let's go back to the PBC. You know, what I wanted to ask you about that, you know, you've, you've, you've told me why you started it, the inspiration behind that. Now, assuming you were an athlete in today's day and age, you're wearing five feet eight, you're what, six, four, six, five. What are some of the things that you would have done to get the necessary attention that you might not have needed the PBC? What are some of those tactics that you would have employed that athletes today can start employing? I don't even know if this is a, if this if the height thing really matters there. Okay, <laughs> and here's why. Now, now, of course, would it would it have changed the trajectory of my life if I was eight inches taller? Potentially, mm. right? Like mm. I'm not gonna lie. Potentially, might have changed things. However, however, I think what we really need to know is what are the things people can do to separate themselves at any level, right? Mm. What are the things that you can do that distinguish you? Whether if you are five eight, how do you compete against the six five guys in the game of basketball, right? Yeah. And of course, we're going to have, again, going back to it, you may just not be good enough because of a certain thing, but there are ways to differentiate yourself, which is why we see players coming from all different schools, all different sizes, all different shapes, all different backgrounds, succeeding at professional sports. And so mm-hmm. here's, here's the thing. The talent is obviously important. And one of the things that you got to do is you got to be great at the fundamentals, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to do the things that everyone else does better than that, right? You've got to execute on that. Second thing that you got to do is you got to find ways and things that other people aren't willing to do and be excellent at those things as well. Mm. Okay. So for example, when you look at some of the greatest players in the game, they are masters. They have routines. They warm up the same way. They are great at the basics. They stretch the right way. They do the, you know, if you're talking basketball, they're dribbling before games. They're, mm. they're shooting layups. They're taking it seriously. They're not throwing, they're not, not goofing off, right? They're routine. When you see Kobe warming up in a game, he did his same fadeaway from the elbow 150 times before the game. Like, that's what he did, right? And then you become better than everybody else at things they're not willing to do. Mm. So when everyone goes to sleep, right? When everyone goes to sleep, you're putting in work on new moves. You're putting on the things Mm. that you're learning from other players and implementing that into your game. So that's like a a talent perspective, right? Mm. But the other thing is like, you got to be coachable. You have to be coachable because here's the thing. Players and athletes growing up especially never think about the relationship component of their coaching staffs. Mm. Your coaches, especially the higher level you get, will know the people that will be able to change your life. Mm. If you build the right relationship with your coach, you will have a better chance of getting introduced to the next person who will have a great impact on your life. It's a good one. So I really think it's important for athletes to understand, one, be coachable. Number two is asking incredible questions. Number three is listen to what people have to tell you. They're not trying to tell you things that aren't going to make you better. Mm. No coach, no person is going to try to tell you something that's going to hurt your development. Every coach wants their player to be better because then it makes the coach look good, right? And innately, as human beings, we all want ourselves to win. But that's why when you really dive into it, you look at these teams. 
Bilicek brings out the best in Tom Brady. Brady yeah. Bill Jackson brought the best out of Michael, out of Kobe, right? You find ways to have people that lift you up and you're a real team in that sense. So when you're talking about athletes, like what separates, it's doing the intangibles. It's building the right relationships. It's putting in the extra work. It's doing the stuff that everybody always talks about, but actually doing it. Mm, nice. That's a good one. You know, the, the coaching relationship part is something that I would not even have thought about. And, you know, that's why I said, look, that's why I started podcasts like this in terms of showing athletes that, hey, it's not just, I mean, by the time you get to the NBA, everybody can dunk, you know, so the fact that you can dunk is nothing, is nothing new. So maybe in your neighborhood, you were the only person that could dunk and then everybody came out to see just you dunk. By the time you're getting to the highest level, everybody can do that thing. What is now going to set you apart? And that, that coaching relationship part was something I had not thought about. So that's a, that's a really good one. But for the guys that you've seen in the PBC, so you started that in 2017. For the guys that you've seen, why was it that they didn't get that exposure in the NBA draft itself or in the NBA combines or, or whichever one it is? Why didn't they get that exposure? There's a ton of reasons, and, and we could speculate on that, right? Um, you know, but, but look, some of the guys, some of the guys weren't at the schools that got them national attention. So there wasn't media buzz around their name. There wasn't people checking out and going to every single one of their games. Oh, that's, good. that's one thing. But again, on the flip side, if you're that good, people will take notice, right? Mm. There's, there's always the one side and the other side of, of, every, of every coin, obviously. So, you know, some of the guys at the PBC – one of the reasons, like I know for a fact, one of the guys didn't get an invite because people didn't like his attitude and they didn't mm. think he would translate well being a guy that wasn't a star. Mm. There were other guys who were coming from schools that they were like, I don't know if they can translate their game from a smaller D1 to the NBA. Mm. There were other guys who were like, you know what? They were at a big school, but they couldn't rise to the top in their program. How can they rise now to the top in, in our program? Mm. And then on the flip side, there are guys that, had great energy and people wanted to give them a chance. They were really coachable. They performed excellently, but they just needed a little bit more. Mm. And here's the thing. There's always going to be athletes that have the talent and that are great. But it's about finding ways to separate yourself and, and, and differentiate yourself. Mm. And I'll give you another example, right? We talked about the coach relationships. And I kind of want to throw out some things here that, that are untraditional thoughts. Yeah. Because most people, athletes, you don't think about the coach relationship. Here's another one that most people don't think about. And I know there's software and platforms that people can use in today's age. But if you want, let's say you want to get a scholarship and you're a high school student or, or you're at a, at, a, at a boarding school or whatever you're at, right? Don't be afraid to create your own highlight tape, go to the schools and start pitching yourself. Mm. If you want it bad enough, it's not just on the court. Go be great off the court. And like, there's literally a guy that, and I just read this in a book, he was playing American football and he was from a really, really small school. And he literally picked up his tape, put it in a package with a handwritten note to every D2 coach that was around. Mm -hmm. He ended up getting all these coaches to start watching him play and ended up getting an offer. The point of this whole thing is like, we think that we have to do things traditional way because that's the, what everyone else has done before us. Mm. it's only the way everyone else has done it until you do it differently. Yeah. Then it becomes your way. And all you need in life is your way to work out once. Uh -huh. You don't need to be loved by every coach, by every school, by every scout. You need to be loved by one coach, one scout, one person to give you that one shot. 
And if you've prepared, if you've put in the work, if you've been coachable, you'll rise to the occasion and take advantage of your opportunities. Ah, oh, man, you're speaking life. And, you know, it's, it's so, it's so um, what's the word now? Uh, it's so real in the sense that, so one of the things that I also do and I've also realized is, is kind of like a big gap that we have here in Africa is that, you know, the, the parents of these athletes, especially the ones that have resources, they don't quickly decide to help their children with sports. So in the sense that, you know, they just feel like, ah, oh, you just have this big dream, you know, probably you're not going to get there. And by the time that passion continues to stay, continues to stay, and they now decide to help, it's usually too late. So I now turned attention to the parents and I said, hey, I'm going to now start educating you on how you can better help your child, especially the ones that are good, so that you don't just allow all these talent waste. In any event, if they don't get to make it, then there are so many other things that they can do. And literally today, like today as we are talking, I was creating a, a roadmap for a parent of a child who is planning to come to the U.S. to, to school. You know, and one of the key things that I identified in their plan was creating media boards because the parents want him to go to school. He wants to play football. So that would be soccer for you guys. And I'm like, yes, soccer, maybe not that big in the U.S., but if you want to stay relevant while he's still in school, then you have to ensure you're finding a way to create media boards. So by the time he's done, people are not like, like, okay, who are you? Like, what school did you come from? Like, what are the things you have done? They've already been hearing a little bit about you. And I think it just lines up perfectly with what you're saying. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, look, here's, here's another factor, right? Is we are influenced by our environment, hmm. right? We are influenced by our environment. We are influenced by the media that we consume. Everybody is watching ESPN, Sports <laughs> Center, Bleacher Report, House of Highlights, right? Like, all these accounts. No matter what, people will make decisions because they're influenced, right? Mm. So yep. let, me, let me give you an example of what I mean by this specifically when it comes down to all this stuff. Is if you go to, if you go to school and immediately on the first day of practice, you stay after, you get to know your coach. Let's say you're brand new, right? Your coach immediately is mm. going to start seeing you differently than somebody who's not willing to invest in themselves that automatically puts you ahead of somebody else even if people say they're not biased mm -hmm. it's human mm -hmm. nature let's take it one step further if you're talking about right we're talking about africa right everybody wants to see the next superstar right we see people all of the time on social media from different countries right mm -hmm. like whenever i see something about any sport and it comes from a different country that gets onto a big outlet I'm always fired up and I want that person to succeed. Yeah. There are ways to get in front of these outlets, pitching them, using social media, trying to get in front. And I'm not saying that's what you need to do to be successful, but mm -hmm. I'm saying that can expedite your name to being worthy of being yeah. watched and yeah. being taken note of, right? How many times have we seen a guy get put on a magazine cover or be highlighted when they're 14, 15 years old just because they may be the next superstar or they have one dunk that's unreal? Yeah. yeah. And then those people never pan out, uh -huh. but they got the chance and that's up to you to take advantage of it. So I want people to like think about these things because it's the same way you grow your business. It's uh -huh. a, you, as uh -huh. an athlete, you have, you're a business. Create your business. And it's hard when you're young. It's hard when you don't have people that believe in you. But that's why you got to believe in yourself. And you got you to see the vision. you got to have that ambition. And you got to enjoy it. 
Find ways. Do something crazy. Get on ESPN, right? Find yeah. something. Do something crazy. Talk to 50 coaches, right? Do this stuff, and, and it'll, it'll make life more fun, and you'll see, you'll see some results. I completely agree, you know, because that's one of the things that I tell a lot of athletes. So I say, look, you can play. That's fine. But you see, if you don't get the recognition that you deserve, or at least some sort of attention, you see that person that you're saying doesn't have talent, that person that you're saying is not good, is probably employing a lot of the tactics that we have talked about today. You know, so staying after practice, communicating with the coach, doing some extra things that gets the coach thinking, hmm, looks like this guy has a different attitude than you that you're good. And because you feel you're good, you just pack your bags after training. You say, coach, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, you're, you're off to the races. So I, I totally agree with that. And I feel like more athletes need to continue to hear stuff like this. But for the athletes who are in the PBC that, you have, uh, that you've been able to help since 2017, what's, what's one thing that you can say has stood out about them in terms of you starting this, getting them in there, providing those opportunities for them? What's something that has stood out that you have now learned even in that process? I think something that's, that stood out, you know, and I, and I look at some of the people that have become really successful. Again, everyone's got talent at this level. Yeah. Now, <laughs> at the PC, you can definitely see different talents, right? You can see different guys who have the full skill set who are catch and shoot guy, three and D, and you start to position in your mind. But something that's really important that we've seen is the NBA teams will interview the guys and they'll find out things that either impress them or discourage them from getting that player the next opportunity. All these guys are looking for is that one opportunity. So for them, you know, it's about executing on the court, but it's about executing off the court. Mm. It's about taking the feedback. It's about going into these interviews and asking questions and learning about the organization, mm. right? Because if you're fighting for the, a two-way spot, if you're fighting, for a G League spot, if you're fighting for a last spot in the draft, the second round pick, a first round picking, whatever, you've got to differentiate yourself from the guys that have already gotten all the love. Mm. You have to find out. And like Kendrick Nunn, he's on the Miami Heat right now. He came to our event. And at our event, what he did was he took care of business. Mm. He was not there to screw around. <laughs> he was there to show people that he was one of the best players in the event. Mm. And he did that. He hit his jump shots. He balled out, he crushed his interviews, uh, he took care of himself, and now he's third in the NBA Rookie of the Year running. Wow. That's an incredible story about that, right? Take another guy. We had a guy from a Division II school. We took a chance on him. We believed that he had the potential. He showed up, he did what he needed to do, he helped his teammates, mm. he crushed his interviews, he sparked an interest, and now he's been in the G League for multiple years. Wow. All of these things, and we have countless stories of these guys, right? All of these things, though, give you that opportunity. So differentiating yourself, standing out, those are things that can, that can really help you when you're trying to get from the, the highest level to the even higher level. Mm, one of the things that I'm hearing, as, as you just said that, is the business side of sports. Because talking about getting to know the organization, crushing your interviews, ensuring that you, are, you, you appeal to the, to the teams or to the clubs, you know, which, whichever sport it is. How important is the business side of sports to these athletes? Because if one of the things that we've talked about is the fact that, you know, yes, your talent is good, but there's so many of all these other things that you should be focusing on. I'm guessing that one of those other things 
is just understanding how the business of sports works so that you can properly apply yourself to where it matters. Well, look, I mean, you hear it time and time again. If a guy posts something stupid on social media, they may lose their scholarship before they even get a chance to play. <laughs> they, may, they may lose their draft stock. They may, they may get uh, fired from their mm-hmm. job as a player. Like, like, there's huge negatives and there's huge positives. If you're great in the community, the organization is going to want to keep you around, mm-hmm. right? If you're terrible in the community, people are going to want to get you out. You hear it time and time again with these problem guys. You hear it time and time again with these superstar, like mm-hmm. great people guys. And of course, right? Like, we're just, I mean, I'm kind of focusing on the NBA, right? But yeah. you hear about all these different things and it makes you wonder. So how you carry yourself and, and now more than ever with social media athletes, the brand you have as an athlete is very, very valuable to yourself and your future because it can enable you to make different decisions because there's other financial ways of making money. Mm. Okay. There's other avenues for you to expand who you are and then couple it with your play. And that's when you start to become a mega superstar. Mm. Look at the superstars. Look at Steph Curry. Look at LeBron. They don't have many scandals. They're Mm. in the community. They're speaking up on issues that are important to them. They've now asserted themselves as the best, the peak of the peak, okay? And you look at other guys. You look at other guys that are good, but they don't do anything. Man. The community doesn't love them, right? Mm. Like Dane Lillard on the Blazers. He he's loves Portland. And his brand has talked about this loyalty to Portland. Mm. He has become a hero more than he's ever been. And, of course, his talent is key. It's driving yeah. that. It's yeah. backing up. But then the rest of it is saying, okay, wow, this guy brings a lot to the table here. So it's really about realizing that as an athlete, you are a business, you know, yeah. and, and there's that, there's song, the businessman, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, you know, and you are a business and you have to start acting accordingly. And if you're going to a job interview, you're going to do your research. Do your mm-hmm. research on the team that you're interviewing with. If you're going to play against an opponent, you're going to watch film, Right. If I'm going into a sales pitch against another person for a speaking engagement, well, you better believe I know what they're going to come in with, and you better believe I know what, the, what, the, what I'm pitching is going to be about, right? Yeah. You've always got to know your stuff. And the people that know their stuff are more prepared, tend to perform better when there's pressure situations. Oh, uh, yeah, that hits the nail right on the head. Because if you are just abandoning those aspects, you know, and saying, oh, it's just how I can play. It's just how I can play. You know, rude awakening that is coming to you. And I feel like that's why, you know, so many African athletes, you know, they struggle when they get abroad because they don't understand so many of all of these little things that really matter in terms of a team deciding, we're going to sign that guy or we're going to do this. As it relates to the PBC, what's the, how, how can an athlete you know, get into the PBC, into one of the events. So whether they're African athletes or whether they're in the U.S., what does that process look like? So the way we, the way we do it at the, at the PBC is at the end of the college basketball season. Um, now, if, if basically, it's whenever someone declares for the NBA draft, whenever mm. they remove their eligibility, um, that's simply when they become eligible for our event. They have to have declared for the draft. And we'll do a variety of different things. We have agents. We have NBA recommendations. We have players that we want to go after. So we'll actually recruit them ourselves um, and work with their agents. We'll also, we also do have a submission process. Now, most people, we get hundreds of requests trying to submit themselves into our event. And most yeah, submissions are never going to get through. Again, job interview, right? If you send your resume 
and you just blast it out and you don't have any other touch point, we'll never, we'll never get to you. That said, the reason we do submissions is for a, a few reasons, but the main one is because our whole platform is designed to take people that maybe got missed, that maybe are the best, that will have the greatest story, that can really make a difference, that just fell through, or that didn't get the invite or snubbed, and somehow we missed them. So we always welcome submissions. But if a submission comes alone, it's a low probability. Yeah. If a submission comes with a call from an agent, and then call, comes from a call with a NBA team personnel saying, hey, this guy, you need to take a look at him. Well, now that person's chances just increased. But at this point for the PBC, like, we have agents and NBA teams that recommend players that we need to go after. We have an incredible mm-hmm. scouting base. Our director of scouting is an unbelievable, one of the best scouting people I've ever seen and ever worked with. Um, his models are incredible. I mean, the guy is an absolute stud. And so we rely heavily on him um, to produce our numbers. And then people want to be a part of it at this point, which is a huge blessing. You know, as, as someone, whenever you start a business, that's, that's always a big blessing. Oh yeah, because I was reading, I was reading about the PBC and how you started and how even you yourself potentially, you were like, ah, is this going to work out? Is it not going to work out? You know, so I'm super stoked that it worked out. But one of the things that you mentioned, you mentioned the agent part. Now, of course, I, I assume that uh, you're spending a lot of time around these agents. And I saw that, you know, you did something with the IMG Academy, you know, but probably we'll discuss that uh, some other time. What are some of the things that these agents are looking for in this athlete? Because I'm guessing that you've had these conversations that the agents are talking about. You've heard some of the things that they're saying. You've heard their opinions about certain players, about certain athletes. What do agents look for in players, whether that's basketball or other sports? I had a terrible answer, but I'm going to hold off on that one. <laughs> the, uh, they, look, agents, the best agents, are the ones that are looking for people that they can help change their lives. Hmm. Looking for people that they can build an incredible partnership with looking for people that are willing to put in the work, looking for people that are going to be around for the long term. Obviously, if you're a lottery pick, every agency wants you, right? Because you're that good. Again, selfishly, going back to the the root of it, agents get paid off an athlete's performance. So if an athlete gets picked first or they get picked 60th, the amount an agent makes changes. That's why the second contract in the NBA and other sports, that's why that contract's so exciting and people Mm. might have players for that. So here's the thing, though. Agents, a lot of agents care so much about these guys, right? They want to see these guys have, have, have a transformation in their life. Mm. They want to they help them achieve their wildest dreams. They want to help them take care of their families, support okay. their communities. When I look at players, because I wanted to be an agent, when I looked at players, and even for the That's PBC, <laughs> when I scout, I look at it, right? I look at the players as more than just who they are on the court. Of course, you, need to, you want talent, right? You want guys that are going to get drafted. You, you want guys that are going to build your name up as well so you can get more guys like that. But really, I want to be in, I'm in the business to help people. I'm in the business to turn someone's life around, to take someone where they're at and give them all the guidance to get them to their potential. Mm. And that, that's how I do it. And I have friends that are agents. And I have people that I completely dislike that are agents. Because I think people are in it for the wrong I think in any career, you have people that are in it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. When you think about what are agents really looking for, man, like that's, that's what agents are looking for. And it's up to you as an athlete to do your due diligence and ask the difficult questions. Mm. The better you are, the more money you're looking to make, the more agents are going to throw shit at you and entice you and want you to be a part of their team and tell you the things you want to hear. Mm. But a lot of times... What you need to hear is different than what you want to hear. Hmm. 
Yeah. What what happens to the athletes who on the on the talent spectrum they are not let, let, if we're going to grade them over ten, let's say they're what six thereabouts. Now, obviously, there's still a place for them in sports because you have the guys who would be at a 10 who have a shitty attitude, who have a shitty work ethic. You know, so you kind of create that space a little bit for them. What can those type of players do in terms of trying to attract agents from what you've seen? Okay, so just like there's talent on the player side of things, mm. and a lot of guys, like, look, if you're a six and, you, and, you're, and you're playing a uh, very small D1 and you're scoring 10 points a game, like, you're probably not an NBA player but well, you can be an overseas player, mm. right? Getting paid. So, so, you know, and just as the agents, there are top elite agents who only take the cream of the crop and then there are agents that focus and specialize in overseas people. That's why the fit of the agent is so much more than the brand name behind the agency. Okay. Mm. I'd rather, I, I want someone who's going to work as an, as an actor, someone who's going to work their ass off for me and with me. Mm. Right versus someone that's just gonna put me underneath the roster and never talk to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I want someone that believes in me. Now that said, I'll take it back to a common theme of of how to differentiate yourself. If you know players that are elite, those players could potentially talk to their agent and have them sign you. <laughs> so I know people, right? So so I know I've seen it time and time again where you're wow. like, how the heck did this guy sign with this agent, or why would this agent go with this guy? And it's purely because there's relationships, right? Because if, the, if your friend is going to make $100 million and the agent's going to make, let's say, two, three million off that deal, well, they might be willing to do you that favor. Yeah. But that starts with your relationship, okay? Yeah. Take it another step further, right? Go seek out the agents you want. It's a lot mm. of work. And look, most people aren't going to do it. Exactly. Most, most athletes aren't going to do it. But... When agents start to come in, you want every agent to come into you. That's awesome. But if you're, if you're at like the six or the 10 rating, right? Uh-huh. You're right below the threshold from being everywhere, right? You got to go figure out how you're going to make it to the next level. And if you're committed and you love basketball and you want to make money playing that sport, whatever sport it is, then go find agents and talk to them. Because I'll tell you this, if an agent gets an inbound request uh-huh. from an athlete who has a chance to play ball and they can easily get them a job – there's a win for everybody involved. Yeah. So that look, that's that's the thing. Um, but that's how I would suggest if you're if, if if it's a player that's right on the cusp there, like put in the work, and the work looks a little differently for you. And you have to realize that you aren't a ten, because that's what every athlete has grown up as. Mm-hmm. You've grown up as the best player in your town. You grow up as the best player in high school, and then you get to college or whatever, right? Depending on on the sport we're talking about, and you're not the best anymore. So for the first Going back to what we started talking about is your identity. Uh. You start to question everything. But you've always been treated as the best. Everything's come easy. And now you actually have to put in the work. And a lot of people can't handle that. Uh. But being honest with self, being, being, and I'm not saying admitting defeat. Yeah, yeah. Being, be honest with yourself and understand where you are. And then have a real conversation of what it's going to take to get where you want to go. Uh. And if you want to play, let's say you're, you're, you're an African, you want to play basketball in Spain. Well, who are the agents in Spain? Those yeah. are the people you need to talk to. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I knew I knew we were going to enjoy this. Like, these are things that people are not talking about. You get everybody just wants to do a fancy thing. You know, I can shoot, I can dribble, I can do all this. But people are not really focusing on, like, the, the example you gave now, as it relates to being friends with another athlete 
who has ties to I would never, even me, I would never have thought about that. That's really good. Let's talk about your book because I have to be mindful of your time. So Elevate Beyond. That's the first book. The second one is Elevate Your Network. Let's talk about the first book. Now, obviously, an athlete is an individual. You know, so they're a person. They're a person before they became an athlete and they would be a person long after their careers are done. How do they elevate? How do they stand out in whatever market it is? Sports, school, personal life. Talk to me about the book. Celebrate Beyond is all about how to stand out in the job market and discover your passion. So there's a great book for an athlete if they finish their playing career and they got to go figure something else. But it's also really great for athletes as they go through the process. And literally one of the chapters, one of the chapters is about interviewing. Okay. Mm. It's broken down into like the main components. Interviewing is one of the chapters. And in that, I have an interview with uh, Brock Vereen, who's, who's a professional football player for the NFL. He played with the Patriots, played with the Bears, fourth round pick. One of my really good friends. And I talked to him about the interview process. And in that book, he literally talked how teams would ask him questions uh. in the NFL. They would ask him questions before the draft where they already knew the answer just to see if he'd be honest. Wow. He talks mm. about how some guys raise their stock just by answering truthfully in that. Oh. So that's, that's like one of the things in the book that really relates to athlete. But whatever it is that you want to do, this book will help you really figure out how to stand on the job market, focuses on resume building, interviewing tips, social media tips, networking tips, um, and then figure out what's next. So that's Elevate Beyond. That was the first book I wrote a year after school while I was driving to and from the, my job <laughs> at the Lakers. So yeah, I, I got some love for that. I, I, here's a funny story real quick. I didn't know when I first wrote my first book, I had no idea what I was doing. Mm. I was just finding my own path, right? So I literally didn't know how to launch a book. Mm. So I said, when do I launch this thing? Well, the Lakers that year, it was Kobe's last year. They weren't going to make the playoffs. Mm. So I knew at the end of the month, Kobe was going to retire. So I said, okay, that's it. I'm launching the, the book the first of the next month. And so Kobe Bryant retires, I retire, and Elevate mm. Beyond was released. And that's what I did. And it was just like hilarious. Um, but that's, that's what I'm talking about, enjoying the process and pursuing something relentlessly. And that led to me having my first best-selling book. So like, so like that, like I'm trying, I want to give examples as we go along the way, because mm. I think it's so valuable, but uh, that's Elevate Beyond. And then Elevate Your Network, Network is my second book. And that is all about building relationships. Uh. So we've talked a lot about building relationships in unique ways today, right? Um, but in that book, it talks about your 25 health keys that'll really help you build these extraordinary relationships in life and business. And it ranges from this idea of being authentically yourself, mm. how to add value, how to track your relationships, how to ask the right questions, how to understand people, how to uh, make a networking plan that like helps you advance your life. So there's all types of examples and stories and experiences in that book. And that one, uh, that one's been read everywhere around the world, which has been a, just an amazing and humbling experience for me. Uh, definitely. I'm looking, I'm looking to get them as well, you know, so just to, just to read. I was actually hoping that I could read them before this interview so that I could ask you more specific questions. But obviously, that then gives me a reason to bring you back after I've read them so that we can delve into, you know, just like you mentioned, 25 Kelf Keys. Like, definitely, I want to take you up on like 10 of them, you know, just to see how, because I feel like everything that we've talked about today, you know, there are things that people like they would greatly benefit from. Like so many things that even I would not even have thought about, you know, and that's what makes it better. So I can imagine what would then happen once I dive deep, once I go into the book, you know, and I see all of the keys and all those things that are there, then definitely I would love uh, to, to have you back on the podcast. Awesome, man. No, that sounds, that sounds great.
the reason I named the podcast Athlete Minds with Jake is I wanted to help athletes master their craft, you know, and of course, in terms of mastering your craft, that means that you then have the things or the tools that you need to pursue your goals. So what in your estimation does it mean to be a master of your craft? I love that. I love that. I look, I think to be a master of your craft is dependent on what your objective is craft. Okay. Mm. Cause you can be a master and still be learning. Yeah. You can be a master and be the NBA. You can be a master and get a scholarship. So here's, here's what I'll say. And this encompasses everything we've talked about to be a master at your craft means you have to know where you want to go. You have to know what success looks like to you. You have to pursue that relentlessly. Mm. being able to do whatever it takes, even the hard things. And at the same time, enjoy the process. Mm. When you can do that, you've mastered your craft. Uh, that's, a, that's a good one. The final question that I usually ask, you know, uh, just to get a glimpse into some kind of like expertise for the athletes. You know, so they're listening to us right now and they're like, what's one thing that I can do to get me a step closer to my goal? So I've heard you and Tola talk about so many things. Like, you know, the idea with the coaching relationship, athlete relationship, like that's really good because I feel like I can even start applying that today. But they need just one thing to get them a step closer to their goals. What would you say that one thing is, Jake? Identify what your goal is. Mm. Oftentimes we think we have a goal, obvious. Identify what you want to really achieve. Break down all of the things that it's going to take to help you get there. So if mm. you want a scholarship, what's it going to take to getting a scholarship? You got to make the team. You got to get the right outfits. You got to show up to practice. You got to put in the work. Perform. Do the little things that create the big result. That's what I would say to, to people who are trying to really focus on, on achieving their goals. Uh, I thoroughly love this, Jake. I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, great conversation. And of course, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, so many future conversations that we'll have in and out of sports. Tell us where we can find you. Particularly, tell us where we can get your book, both books, Elevate Beyond and Elevate Your Network. Absolutely. Um, social media, I'm, I'm everywhere. Instagram is my favorite right now. Uh, which is at Jake Kelfer, which is just my name, Jake Kelfer. Mm -hmm. um, my website, jakekelfer.com. Facebook, we have a, a private group that's uh, free that anyone and that's the Elevation Station. So mm. over there, and grab a free copy of the book, hang out with us, learn some things, ask some questions, and uh, let's elevate together. That's what it's all about. One of the key things that also happens with some athletes that listen to the podcast is that they want to reach out and appreciate. You know, so can you tell us your email for the athletes that want to send me a mail thanking me for this episode with Jay? And of course, I always love for them to copy you in that email. I the best way the best way to do that if I'll make it I'll I will put this make this practical. The best way to do that if you want to get in touch with me, there are ways to find my email. Mm. So you're gonna go find it and then send it. Fantastic. But it's I on like my that. website. It's on my social media. If you want to connect via email, go find it, put in a little bit of the work, and I'll know that you put in that work, and that'll be a great way for us to continue building the relationship. Ah, that's a good one. That's a good one. And I've thoroughly enjoyed this, Jake. Thank you so much for all that you do. Like I said at the start, you don't find a lot of people who chase a professional dream, were not able to get it, and are now trying to make sports better for those that are behind them. So I thoroughly acknowledge you for all that you do for the BBC. And of course, um, I look forward to staying connected with you. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. Ah, man, I'm sure you guys are turning your seats as well, just, just like I was. 
while I was doing that episode with Jake. When he started talking about, you know, the coaching relationship and of course being friends with an athlete who is already signed with a popular agent. And trust me, these are questions that I have asked myself before. I'm like, how did that player sign with that agent? Like, let's be real. Like, let's come off it, man. How did this player sign with this particular agent? It's because of tricks, tactics, and things like this that Jake is talking about. So now you have no excuse. You have no excuse anymore to not stand out, to not elevate yourself, to not separate yourself from the past. If you're going to come into my Instagram DMs, you're going to send me a message. Make sure you have listened to this episode with jake kelfer like he was just reeling those stuffs off and of course you can see his energy as well as he was doing this send me a mail tola at athletemaestro.com if you enjoy this but guess what i want you to also do and of course you're going to show me that you listen to the end is that you're going to look for jake's email and you're going to copy jake in that email as well this is particularly important because i'm sure that you have learned something new from this episode if you haven't subscribed to the podcast you haven't left us a rating and review so you don't miss episodes like this where you know i bring this amazing guest on they share their knowledge with us and of course they bless us with everything that they have then of course head over to athletemyshow.com forward slash subscribe you're going to learn how to subscribe you are also going to learn how to leave that rating and review and of course do not forget to show jake some love on social media is at jake kelfer on instagram all of this of course will be in the show notes and of course you can check out his website check out his book as well jakekelfer.com do not forget to get your hands on the athlete maestro daily planner that's what you're going to use to start mastering your day so that everything that jake talks about in this episode comes to fruition and you can take full advantage of it i thoroughly enjoy this and i'm sure you guys did as well hopefully uh, later on in future we'll look to get jake back uh, so that we can delve into more things particularly about the things that he talks about in his book i'll catch you guys on the next episode of the show remember knowing it's not enough you must apply willing is not enough you must do i want you to go out there i want you to start implementing everything that you have learned from this episode because i want you to go out there and i want you to be a maestro today and every single day.